Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the show designed to keep youth workers motivated and youth ministries moving forward. Now, here's your host, blogger, speaker, and lover of nerd stuff, Paul Turner. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome in to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the podcast that's here to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, it is just a uh, day away uh, from Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, and uh, I got to be honest, Valentine's Day is not a big day for me um, and my wife. Uh, we just we, we, our anniversary is the twenty fifth of January, so we kind of do our Valentines and our you know uh, wedding anniversary kind of all at the same time. I'm still going to buy her some flowers, though. I want to recommend that, by the way, if you are like me and your anniversary is really close there. Still do flowers, people. Still do flowers uh, for your lovely wife. If you're listening, if you're a man, if you're a woman, uh, you know, buy your husband something nice. Buy him some, you know, I don't know, deodorant or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that sounds like the one of the gifts here that I'm about to tell you about here. <laughs> Even though your husband may or may not need deodorant, I don't know. But uh, I was reading here on um, on BuzzFeed, and I'll put a link in the show notes below that, uh, some Valentine gifts here that you should not give, uh, or I renamed it, you know, uh, the, the title is 31 Valentine Gifts, Horror Stories That'll Make You Glad You're Single. I, I named it Valentine Gifts You Should Buy Your Boyfriend or Girlfriend If In Fact You Want to Break Up. And I'll be honest with you, the list is ridiculous. It's ridiculous what people, and of course, these are mostly, these are mostly guys buying for their lady friends and, uh, and they grab these from Facebook and other places of people who post them. And by the way, if you're going to buy your spouse, wife, uh, you know, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever, something, just just remember in the age of social media, they're going to post it up somewhere. And either they're going to post it up and they're going to say, this is ridiculous, and my husband or wife is to blame for it, or they're going to post it and say, this is amazing, right? You should be you used to be able to give gifts in secret, and only you know a uh, few people would know. And now everybody's going to know whether or not you're great at that or not. So uh, let me just go through just a few of these that are just are ridiculous. One was a toilet seat. Um, uh, you know, it says my ex partner bought me a toilet seat that had roses on it and thought it'd be, it'd be appreciated because I like roses and needed a new toilet seat. What a, that's a terrible, who thinks of that, right? You're going to, I know you're saying the same thing too. You're saying who in their right mind thinks is good. And I want to say this though, in maybe some defense of some of these, of the men, maybe men are super, super practical for the most part. We think of things that are useful. You know, I probably, in fact, I am definitely sure I have bought my wife things that are not good. And that that I thought were super practical, right? I, I don't know. I can't. I'll be honest with you. I think I've probably blocked them out from my mind. Oh, I know what I did. This is this would be a terrible, and this should probably be on the list, maybe. But uh, maybe you'll think it's cute. I don't know. You have to leave me a comment whether or not you think this is cute or not. I bought my wife. We were in need of a lockbox, and just to put our stuff and we'd been married for, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so, something like that. And of course we needed a, a box, uh, a, a, you know, a box that we could have in the house that, you know, would survive a fire. 
So I said, well, and, you know, we didn't have very much money. You know, we just didn't. You know, we just were, were whatever, and I didn't know what else to get her, really. I just, you know, I said, well, we need a lockbox. So how can I turn this into a gift that she might appreciate? And so I wound up getting some heart stickers, putting it all over the box. And then when she opened the box, my heart was inside. And I said, you know, you have my heart, you know, and uh, I don't know if you think that's, you know, good or not good or sentimental or goofy or just terrible. Maybe it should be on this list. I don't know. But I think it beats toilet seat. I'll be honest with you. It beats toilet seat. Would you agree with that? I think some of you would. That that's at least what I gave had some heart feeling behind it. It was a practical thing, and it was has somewhat had some romance to it. So I don't know if a, a lockbox can be romantic, but I tried. Another on this list here was <laughs> was a dating coupon. Uh, it says I was dating this guy for about two years, and one Valentine's Day he got me a coupon for chocolates at the local grocery store. No card, just a coupon. Let's just say we didn't last long after that. Another one was a hammer. I just laughed out loud. A hammer. Somebody bought a hammer. She says, I, he came over to my house, gave me a card, and told me he wanted to make this a Valentine's Day I would never forget. He directed me, closed my eyes, and put out my hands. I was so excited and nervous, and then he gave me a hammer. I still have it. It has a lifetime warranty. Now, I don't know if their relationship has a lifetime warranty. I'm sure... If I gave Kim, my wife, a hammer for Valentine's Day or any gift whatsoever, that relationship would not have a lifetime guarantee. Now, this one here, um, <laughs> this guy bought, oh, wait a minute, I said, oh, wait a minute, no, this is from a guy, this is cool. So a girlfriend of his bought him a gun rack. Now, this would be effective and would be a wonderful gift, except... In the note there, it says, I don't own a gun. I don't know what she was trying to say then. Maybe he should have started collecting guns, or maybe she didn't know him that well, right? You got to know. You got to know things about people, right, to be able to buy them gifts. Don't don't just assume anything. She thought maybe he'd like guns, bought him a gun rack. Um, on this list also, ramen noodles. No, seriously, ramen noodles. Somebody bought somebody ramen noodles. Um, <laughs> somebody bought a taxidermy rat a taxidermy rat on a rocking horse. True story. True story. Um, some of these other things here. Somebody bought car tires. Once again, a super practical gift. That would be a wonderful gift, right? Well, it says, she says here, it says after, this is from Facebook, it says after he pointed out different pieces, after he pointed out different pieces of jewelry in a store window, he let me know my gift was in the glove box of my car. I found a receipt for two new tires. I burst into tears. He later let me know that he got his last girlfriend an oil change for Valentine's Day. That was not well received either. So, guys, I'm just going to say, car accessories or parts, not good. Let's stay away from those. Um, somebody, somebody got a card that says, once, once I received a heartfelt card from a boyfriend... The long and loving note he wrote inside was all about all three things we about all three these things we had never experienced together. It turns out that he had got the cards switched with his other girlfriend and didn't know it. Oh my, oh my, that's it's not good. It's not good. Um, some of the other ones here are just crazy. I'm just going to roll through them very quickly. A do-it-yourself candle kit, uh, if you like that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> a a 
a uh, external hard drive filled with this guy's favorite movies and gave it to the girl. When they broke up, he took, he took that back. That wasn't good. A tub of Vicks, <laughs> a Vicks vapor rub. <laughs> so I, I don't even know what that's about. Anyway, uh, somebody mean, these are mean, some of these are mean gifts, by the way. Somebody gave jeans that were like two t- sizes too small to, um, uh, to encourage their partner there that they ought to lose weight and fit into those. Somebody, somebody, somebody said she got it. She got a scale. He said it would help him like me more. That's stupid. I just want to put that in there. Um, somebody got Easter eggs, like chocolate Easter eggs. This person didn't even like chocolate. Once again, know the person you're buying gifts for. It's kind of critical. It's kind of important. You know, look on their their Pinterest page. I have snuck on the Pinterest page of my wife several times and found a few things she likes. Um, <laughs> this, this is ridiculous. A home enema kit. No, no. An apple slicer. A pack of a pack of fun dip. <laughs> it says it was half eaten. This is kind of funny. A Yu-Gi-Oh card. Now, this was trying to, I, I know what the guy was trying to do here. It says, one year me and my ex were fighting, but he promised to make me make it up to me on Valentine's Day. He kept asking me to have a change of heart, and I didn't understand what he meant until he gave me this one and only Valentine's card, a gift. It, it was a change of heart Yu-Gi-Oh card. That's what the title of the card was, is what the thing did, called change of heart, and gave them that. No chocolate, no flowers, a card. Somebody once bought drugs, <laughs> bought them speed. That what's not good. Um, socks. These are terrible. These are just terrible ideas, guys. Don't be, be reminded. These are terrible socks. Um, uh, an open pack of cigarettes, uh, instant oatmeal. Once again, very practical, very practical, a toothbrush, a bath mat, a mold of his teeth. An ex had a mold of his teeth from the dentist for some reason, and he gave me that. It was like, I was so disgusted. Like, what is this? Uh, A half, and the last one they have here is a half-eaten chicken sandwich. It says, I spent weeks drawing this amazing portrait of her to give to her on her Valentine's Day. Uh, When I finally gave her the portrait, she looked at it and said, oh, I was supposed to get you something, and then gave me the other half of her chicken salad sandwich. And I was a vegetarian at the time. So once again, girls, if your girl's listening, guys would like a good gift too. Now I would. Now I'm not a vegetarian. I would have totally accepted the half-eaten salad sandwich, chicken salad sandwich. I, I would have said that is awesome. Thank you so much. So girls, I'm speaking of the guys because most of these gifts were from guys. But ladies, if you're going to buy something for your men. Know your men as well. So anyway, that's just kind of the opening bit here, the opening part here to the uh, Youth Ministry in Motion podcast show. And by the way, uh, I send out show notes to, if you're not a uh, subscriber to the uh, Fresh Impact newsletter, uh, please visit uh, thedisciplesproject.net and you can sign up there uh, under the link that says Start Making Impact Today. You can sign up there. You get... Um, you know, the show notes, as well as uh, little uh, extras and things like that from the podcast. And be sure, by the way, please go ahead and, uh, if you would, go to the um, 
go to iTunes there. And if you're listening through there, please take a moment. I sure would appreciate it if you would just take a moment to rate and review. Uh, Leave your comments. Leave your questions. I would love your questions there. And by the way, those of you who are listening that have uh, wanted this coffee, I'm about to send you out some coffee. I'm sending out an email, and hopefully you will tell me who you are. And give me an email, and I will send you the coffee for making the comments and reviewing. So thank you for doing that. All right, so let's go and talk today. I've been, I hear a lot, or I see a lot, I should say, about how to recruit uh, adult leaders to youth ministry. And I want to say from the beginning, from the beginning, we should stop recruiting volunteers and start building teams. You say, Paul, that's backwards. Don't you have to recruit people first to then get a, you know, then team build? And I say, no. I say that my philosophy comes from this. Number one is that everybody is on my team. Everybody. They don't have to be, they don't have to be in the youth ministry as part of the group to be able to do ministry with me or to help me with the youth ministry. They don't have to be the team of six or eight. They don't have to be, you know, the small group leader. They don't have to be there on Wednesday nights. They don't have to be those things. And so I guess what I'm saying today is that that a change of philosophy of recruiting volunteers. In other words, don't put in the bulletin and say, we are looking for Yaya, okay? Because first of all, putting it in the bulletin is probably the worst because you don't know who's going to come out of there. You don't know who's going to come out of that out of that pile there of people that you're looking at to recruit. And then you got to vet them and then you got to go some of the things or you, or worse, you have to tell them, no, you're really not the person we were looking for. Uh, you are not the droids we're looking for. Uh, you know, we want, we're looking for really the young, hip, cool people and you're not them. And so, but thanks for trying. Uh, please answer the next ad, if you will. And so my philosophy is that everybody's on my team. That means everybody from the janitor, uh, the person who cleans our church, the custodian, uh, in the church, uh, to the senior pastor, to uh, the secretary, to the Sunday school adult Sunday school teacher, to the seniors ministry, I look at the whole church as being on my team. Why? Well, because I believe vision is is the thing that compels people to act. It's not. It's and let me go into the points here because I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself here. So the first thing is this: stop recruiting volunteers and start team building. That means you have to start sharing your vision. Let me, and let me tell you, just you say, Paul, what does that have to do with the Bible? I know some listen here and they go, can we not talk about you know, in this in the context of the Bible? Okay, well, let's talk about this. Okay, Jesus had. 12 disciples, right? We look at the 12, right? And we say, well, that was the team. And we compare our teams to these 12 people or these 12 individuals, right? But Jesus had a far greater team than the 12. He had the 70, right? Look at those guys, right? They were out there. They weren't part of the 12, but they were still the extended team that he had because of the vision. They saw the vision Jesus had, and they said, we want that. We want to know a Savior. We want to walk in power. And these people, unnamed for the most part, the 70, went out and uh, shared the gospel, saw miracles, cast out demons, but they were not the 12. They were part of the extended team. If you look at Mary and Martha, right, not part of the 12, which we say the team is the 12, right? If we say that our initial team, the people we work with, and I would agree with that to that degree, that the, the people we work with day in and day out are the 12, the, the disciples are the core group, if you want to call it that. But Jesus had so many people helping him in various ways, from Mary and Martha, 
Mary and Martha would hold him up, you know, put him, invite him in, uh, part of their lives, and 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 let him sleep there, and 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 all these things. Mary and Martha, Nicodemus, right? Nicodemus was there at the end, uh, you know, even uh, getting the body of Jesus, and um, you know, all these. Uh, you had the little boy. I mean, think about the little boy with the lunch. That's he's Team Jesus. He's Team Jesus right there because without his lunch. Right, we're not having a miracle here. So Jesus is saying, "Look, there's all these people here to help fulfill the vision, and you have a vision for your youth ministry. Why not include all the people? Why not include the whole church? And as far as I'm concerned, the whole church is on Team Paul, which is happens to be on Team Jesus. Okay, because the vision is pushing it forward. If you listen, I have another. There's another episode. I'll put a link down below. Um, vision trumps fear and what vision really will do for your youth ministry. So I encourage you to go listen to that. But, you know, the first thing I would say is this, obviously stop recruiting volunteers. And I'll tell you why in just a minute here. Stop recruiting volunteers, start team building. Uh, Number two, recruit to a vision, not a task. In other words, if I'm going to ask somebody, in other words, I can't, there's, there's certain things, uh, there's obvious things. When you, when you say, look, I want you to help play games with the kids. Well, I may not pick, the oldest senior I could find in the group to say, I want you to come play games with the kids. That that may not be a good fit. Okay, now look, I'm not saying that seniors can't. I've seen many seniors and have them, I had them on my team and then do a wonderful job with, with games and other things. But they might not be there, but I can recruit a senior who believes in the vision of our youth ministry and believes in the, which is the vision of Jesus, right? To make disciples, right? I'm making disciples. That is the end game. That is the end result is to make lifelong followers of Jesus out of students so that one day they will, they will look at their whole life and say, you know what? That it wasn't just about being in the youth group. It was about learning something about life. And that's what I think Many adults want to hear. Many adults don't. We look, we 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 can't. We're playing small ball sometimes. We say, "Well, I just want to do this event, and I just want to do that. I want this event to be successful." Well, expand that out to saying, "Look, the vision is not this event or whatever is only part of. It's the mission to get the vision done, whatever the event is. Recruit to a vision, not a task, and that way you get all kinds of people buying into the vision." Not necessarily the task. The task must be done, and you have to find the right person for that. But you never know who will volunteer for a task and volunteer for something out of the sheer fact that they believe in the vision, whether that's helping with a fundraiser who may have never helped before. You know, that's what they want to do, and they're willing to. people are willing to step outside their, their comfort zones for the sake of the vision, but they're not willing to do it just because a task needs to be done. Um, the third thing I would say is recruiting volunteers – is, is giving people short-term and saying, I only need you for a little while, then you can go. A volunteer has a, has a, the, the, the term seems to have to say, look, I need you to volunteer, um, but I only want you for a little while. Right, you're just a volunteer, and when I when I look at people, I say you're not just a volunteer. You're on you're on the team. You're you're into the vision. And here's here's the deal with that is I've had I don't have volunteers on my team. I have people who believe in a vision, and if they believe in the vision, they're not volunteers. They're just on team team Paul, and team Paul's on team Jesus. And I just make that very clear. And I've had people stay with me for one, two, three, four years. Uh, I got a couple with me right now, been with me six years. They're phenomenal people and they believe in the vision. They just want to get things done. Right. I, and that's what I want to do. I'm going to get things done for the cause of Christ. Um, you know, and we had our, 
you know, our, we had a Valentine's fiesta last night. All those people in the room are on Team Jesus, but are also on Team Paul because they're helping me do a missions trip, which in the end result is making disciples. That's it. That's the big dream. And that's what I communicated with them last night. So all those people that helped, they're on the team. And I, and I love them, and I thank them for their giving, and I thank them for their support. Uh, and that's just, uh, that's how I roll there. I just, everybody's on the team, right? Um, the fourth thing I would say about team building is this, is don't profile. In other words, don't say that this is this person fits a particular role. In other words, we look for, and many times we look at, you know, who we should recruit for something. Well, they have to be young. They maybe have to be musically gifted. Uh, they have to like games. Um, they have to like to stay up all night at all-nighters. They have to, we profile people and say, okay, we need a certain demographic or we need a certain thing. And I would say, if you're going to build your team, build your team without putting a profile in it. Build a team based on vision and build it on p- ki- adults who love kids. Build it on adults who love kids. P- adults who say, I just want to see people come to Jesus. I want to disciple them. I want to see them have life. Once again, they're, they're following the same things that you're talking about. But if we start to profile people, we're saying, okay, this person's going to fit here and that person. I think you can have a very diverse team. And like I said, everybody's on my team. And they're, they're all of different ages. They're all of different colors. They're all of different sizes. The guy that does my t-shirts, right? I want to give him a shout out, is Fan Apparel. Fan Apparel, uh, they do a, um, uh, well, it's Fanhood, excuse me, it's, it's called Fanhood Apparel. And Fanhood, uh, Jared over there is on Team Team Turner. He's on my team. He is my graphic designer, t-shirt maker. He is a part of this youth ministry team as much as anybody else because, man, he works hard and I share vision with him. I say, man, I need this, I got this, and he's an awesome guy. So I want to encourage you that if you hit him up, uh, he'll work with you and your your team. This is not a sponsored thing. This is not a, he doesn't pay me to do this, but I want to give him a shout out because I think he's uh, just a good guy and really wants, to, has the same vision I have as to make disciples. And so uh, go visit him over. I'll put, I'll put his link down in the show notes. I'll put his link down in the show notes. You can go visit him and say howdy and say, hey, Paul Turner mentioned you on the podcast. Give him some love. Um, so you know, so so like I said, guy on the t-shirts, the guy that the the people that do the hotel rooms uh, for me, the people who uh, book things, the people who do all these things, um, they are they're just on my team, and I treat them like they're on my team. I don't treat them as they're here just to do some little task. They're here to help me accomplish something, which goes along with uh, with the vision. Uh, the last thing is this: is I am always recruiting. There's I, I model myself after. Um, uh, after college coaches, uh, especially here in the SEC, but college coaches, college football coaches everywhere are always in recruiting. They're always looking for the next thing. They're always looking. They're always going and having a meeting. They're always saying, you want to join this team. Uh, they always do. They're looking to come into somebody's home and talk with the parents and say, thank you for being here and thank you for coming. And we want you on the team and here's why. And, and so, Always be recruiting. Always be on the lookout for somebody that says, wow, that person, they love Jesus, and they can help me accomplish this vision. If they'll buy into the vision, there's nothing that they won't do for me, and I believe that they'll, they'll help me. And I have people all throughout my church that are that way, and I want to you know thank them. They may never listen to this podcast, but I am grateful for them because I have carpenters. I have uh, all these people here to serve, and they're serving the Lord, but they're also serving uh, the youth ministry many times because I go and ask them, okay? Um, so a part of recruiting is this. Um, 
the, the I'll just give you a quick list of things of how I how I do recruiting. And not every like I said, not everybody's. I'm not asking everybody for their full time attention. I'm not asking for them to show up on Wednesday night. I'm not asking them to show up for Sunday Sunday school. I'm not asking them to show up to events. I'm asking them to be on the team and to be a support of the youth ministry. And I'm looking for the first thing I'm just looking for is uh, connection and interest. Right, I'm just talking with them. I'm having a conversation. I ask them about youth ministry. I ask them about all these various things, and I just hear some feedback from them. And so that's what I'm. I'm just looking for that interest and and weighing them out a little bit, seeing where that. If that goes from there, then I want to have lunch with them. Uh, say, hey, can we sit down and talk for a while? Uh, can I buy your lunch? Can I buy your dinner? Can I buy your breakfast? Uh, after we do that, we get to know each other a little bit more. Then I go in for the ask. I say, how can you you do this so well? Could you do this for me? I had a woodworker one time, uh, and I said, can you make me some trophies? I need them to look like this. And boy, that guy was an excellent woodworker. And man, he made me some great wood trophies that I did for an award ceremony. They were outstanding. But that guy was on my team. We were teammates, right? If we look at, if we look at everybody in the church as teammates rather than people who are there to, who seem to annoy us or are down on the ministry or things like that, I tell you what, I think it would go miles and miles. It would take your ministry miles and miles into the future if you if we all started to look at people as teammates rather than the opposing team, right? They're on my team. They're on Team Jesus, but I want them on my team with the vision, and I, I'm going to ask for what I need for from the people I need to ask from, And but I'm going to build relationships. Um, the third thing, I, I after the ask, I let them know what the commitment is. I say, here's the commitment, what I'm asking for. Um, and if that's, you know, whatever that may be, if if it's a, if it's, if I'm asking them to come in on a Wednesday night or teach a small group, I let them all know those kind of things. Uh, I let them know about the accountability. That's the other thing that says, look, I let them know and say, Hey, listen, um, you know, I need you to be accountable in your actions. Okay. That means what you do online and offline. Uh, that means what you say, what you say in the church, what you do. I'm asking for a level of accountability. I'm asking for permission to disciple you. You're not here to do a task. I'm here to make disciples. And that means of everybody who's willing to be a disciple. Uh, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're wherever you're at in your walk with Christ, let me as a pastor help you. Let me as a fellow believer help you in that. I'll let you help me with that, but I want to help you. I just need to know that you're open to that. Um, uh, and so that's kind of my, um, that's kind of my format of what I go through. And then if at any point in during that, I, I feel a check in my spirit or I feel like they, they're not willing to buy into that, then I will keep them in it as an extended team member, but I won't bring them on to the team. So anyway, that is my uh, plug today for that is my little teaching today. I hope it was of value to you. Uh, but uh, quit recruiting volunteers and start team building, right? Start building a bigger team, an extended team, uh, beyond the tasks you ha- need to have done. Yes, do the task, get the task, but build a bigger team, build it through vision. So, And that's it. That's it for the teaching there. I hope that you will uh, sign up for the Fresh Impact newsletter uh, and get the notes on that. Uh, all the links, all the things that I'm talking about will be in there. Uh, if you go to the discipleship, uh, thedisciplesproject.net, you can sign up there. Um, so what exactly then am I doing? What am I nerding out about lately? Can I share just a few things that I'm nerding out about lately? I went to uh, Florida. I was in Florida for the week. And so if anybody from Florida, uh, shout out to all you guys who listen to the podcast, um, you know, uh, Anthony and 
and all you guys there. Thank you so much. What a great weekend. Uh, I wrote a curriculum that I'm hopefully going to be publishing soon, putting out there for you guys to buy uh, called Soul Wars. And uh, yes, it's exactly what you think. Uh, and it wrapped up all in that. And it's going to be good stuff. But, uh, but the weekends were fantastic. I did a middle school retreat and a high school retreat. Uh, if you're ever needing me to come speak or anything like that, I would love to because uh, that is my heart and passion is to is to inspire and to bring people into the faith and to see them discipled. But what a great weekend at Life for Youth Camp, by the way. It's lifeforyouthcamp.com. Great facility. Once again, they don't pay me anything. Uh, it's where I receive Christ, and it's a phenomenal place. So I encourage you to go there. Check them out if you're looking for a retreat in the Florida area in Vero Beach, Florida. Phenomenal place, and I am just nerding out over that place. I just I love it. I love the kids there. I love the staff there. Uh, They're on my team. They are Team Jesus, but they are also Team Paul because we're in agreement together about the vision, about what we want to see. So shout out to those guys. Uh, I'm also uh, nerding out about, uh, I found a a company, somebody reached out to me uh, from a company called Crucifixion Games. It's a clever play on words. Uh, it is a Christian gaming company, and they make board games, card games, uh, miniature games, things like that. And I'm, 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 and I'm a gamer. I love stuff like that. I eat it up, and I'm going to put a link down below there. But it's Crucifixion Games, and uh, the CEO there is Chris Whedon, and. Uh, games like it, it, he's got games like he's got these zombie card game I'm super interested in called Relentless, and I watched a demo of it uh, online and it's super cool looking. I really kind of like the feel of that because it makes it feel like these zombies are coming up to get you and you have to block them and you have to you know try to get out of there and that's kind of cool. Um, he does have a um, Kickstarter coming out. What is that? That is the fifteenth. That's Monday. Uh, so I'm going to put a link down in the show notes if you want to check out his website. If you're looking for some new and interesting card games things like that from him, uh, be sure to hit him up. I'm going to have him on the show soon, so you're going to hear more from him, but I wanted to give him a shout-out ahead of time uh, so you know what's coming. Uh, but he's got his, his uh, uh, I think the Kickstarter he's got coming up is uh, something for Super City. Has su- It's a superhero theme, so if you're into that, you might want to check that out. And uh, that is what I am nerding out about. That's what that's my latest stuff uh, and missions. I got to throw that in there too because I just did that Valentine's mission thing. By the way, it works out very well. So if you're looking to do a fundraiser, I recommend a Valentine Fiesta for your church. Tacos, taco salad, easy, super easy to do. Big shout out to the parents and the kids who got that done. So um, last little bit here, last little bit here um, is... Um, motivation, right? Hopefully the first part there gets your youth ministry moving forward as you begin to change your philosophy on recruiting volunteers. Instead of recruiting volunteers, you're team building in the church, right? That's that's the thing there. The second part is staying motivated in ministry, right? Staying motivated to keep in what you're doing. And first of all, I want to thank you for, for ministering to young people, loving young people. They desperately need people in their lives who are doing that. So I, I know maybe some of you are going through a hard time. Uh, you're going through a struggle. Uh, I want to tell you that God is able. Let me tell you what, God can help you work through the situation. So before you quit, before you make any rash decisions, right? Pray about that. See what the Lord's trying to tell you. Hang tight. But here's the motivation I want to give you in the sense of changing philosophy about team building. The first quote is from Stephen Covey, um, and he said, "Interdependent people, uh, inter, uh, interdependent, excuse me, interdependent people, uh, combining their own efforts with the efforts of others to achieve 
their greatest success. Interdependent people combining their own efforts with the efforts of others to achieve their greatest success. And I like that term, interdependent people, right? They're not all on the team. These are people that are out there living their lives, but they're willing to give, they're willing to serve, they're willing to help you out if your vision is big enough. So start to change a little bit of your motivation. Start to change a little bit of your philosophy of saying, you know, who's on my team? Who's on team youth pastor here, right? Who's believing in the vision? Maybe you got to do a better job of just presenting the vision. I'm not perfect at it, by the way. And everything is in context, by the way. Everything in context. Your youth group, your youth ministry, uh, your church, you, it's all different. You have to scale it to where you're at. But the quote by Stephen Covey there, Covey there, interdependent people combining their own efforts with the efforts of others to achieve their greatest success. And that's really what you want to do. If you want to be successful in youth ministry, if you want to be successful uh, in doing what you do, you've got to learn to somehow harness the interdependent people in your church who are doing other things, people in other ministries. Children's ministry is on Team Turner. Team Turner, Team Turner, Team Paul, Team Turner, I like that too. Team Turner is what I use for my family. We're all on Team Turner because we're on the same team. But the children's ministry, the adult ministry, all these people are on my team. But the next quote speaks to, I'm on their team, right? It's a quote by Napoleon Hill. It says, it is literally true that you can succeed best and quickest by helping others succeed. Now, see, before you see, I know what you're thinking at the beginning. You think, Paul, you're so arrogant. You're so proud. Everybody's on Paul's team. Let me tell you something. I, I, I think everybody's on. I hope that this pod, I hope I'm on your team. I hope you're going around going, Paul Turner's on my team. He's, he's bringing me a podcast. He's bringing me resources. He's, I, I, Paul Turner's on my team. He is on team youth ministry. Whatever youth ministry is, I am on your team. I hope you view it that way because I think I think I want to be on your team. I want to help you do accomplish whatever it is you want to accomplish. But it is literally true, Napoleon says, that you can succeed best and quickest by helping others succeed. So what do I do? Well, I drive the bus for the seniors sometimes. I help with the children's ministry. I do things to help other people. I'm not an, an exclusivist here. I'm not a uh, an isolationist that lives in a bubble. I'm out trying to help other ministries accomplish on an individual level and a corporate level. So if you're finding yourself in a position here, it is time maybe to change a philosophy from recruiting leaders to help you do a task to finding interdependent people, combining their efforts with the efforts of others to achieve great success. And that's what you want to do in your youth ministry so kids can be discipled, kids can love Jesus, kids can go on their journey, become lifelong disciples and followers of Jesus. And um, and uh, I think that's the deal. I think that's the deal. I hope, I hope you consider me as part of your team. I hope that you think Paul Turner is on my team. And, uh, and by the way, if, if you need help or any of those things, my, uh, my, uh, you can go through my website or you can go through, shoot me an email at thedproject@me.com. Shoot me an email because I'd love to talk to you about your team and talk to you about what's going on. And, uh, but anyway, that's it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Good show today, I think, um, as I begin to process all these things for myself, continue to renew my commitment to team building. I hope that you will do the same. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast today. Would you take a moment? It would sure be really cool. I would love to have some more reviews, and I would love to have some more comments because it's going to help this podcast get found by other youth workers who desperately maybe need to hear this. And if you feel that way, uh, and you're on, on Team Paul here, and you're on Team Jesus, which I know you are, but if you want to be on Team Paul, I would love you to be a part, and I would love for you to please leave a, uh, leave a review 
and some stars and some things like that so some other people can find this podcast. So anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining me today for a little while. Uh, let me be a part of your day. I hope that you are having a fantastic weekend at this time. I hope you have a great Valentine's Day. Be sure to take your lovely spouse or whoever out to uh, out to dinner, buy flowers, don't buy any of those crappy gifts that I mentioned earlier, buy them something nice, and uh, they'll be on your team forever. So thanks for joining me today, guys. I'll catch you guys next week on the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the podcast that helps you keep your youth ministry moving forward and keeps you motivated. So we'll see you guys next time. Have a great day.